I'm putting this up. I'm waiting for the. Hold on. Here we go. Hey guys, it is time for another Altered Universe Live. This is the show that covers everything near, nerdy, nerdy, I can speak geeky, and in this case, retro. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. Hey guys, it's Rob. This is my, oh, there you are. That's my mom. You can call her Karen. Um, and we are Altered Universe Live. This particular series covers, as I said, nerdy, not nerdy, and geeky things. And what's more nerdy and geeky? Well, retro. Retro is not so weird anymore, though, because apparently everybody wants to go back to the time they were born, whether it was the 70s, 80s, or in this case, the 90s. Uh, might as well maybe throw this guy up. This is kind of our free-for-all uh, uh, image or uh, thing. But, you know, I did grow up with like 98%. It would, I actually asked Krista because I was like, SpongeBob was not part of us. But apparently it snuck in in 1999. So theoretically, SpongeBob is a 90s cartoon. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. So as we do usually, we give you a couple topics to talk about. This is going to be kind of an overall variety show kind of like that variety show right yeah and i'll be and i'm going to be popping up some of the uh really cool 90 retro things as rob is talking so keep your eye out for that there you go so first things first uh and i grabbed uh this um information from wired.com it's actually a great magazine by the way um you wouldn't be talking 90s if you didn't have slime now, we know, you know, someone personally, I call him the king of slime, Mark Summers. Uh, I don't know if he'd appreciate that, but, you know, he was the king of slime, you know, or maybe still is. I don't know. But one thing that we all had growing up was slime, whether it was Nickelodeon, once in a while Disney, but mostly Nickelodeon, right? And actually, you know, and because I, we all need some, right? Not or sure lots. Why. No, I'm not just kidding. Lots. Yeah, so it's actually three parts. There's there's purple with seashells. We have glitter gold, I guess, and whatever blue this is, you know. Uh, so I thought, why not talk about it? Because we talked about it before, um, ASMR videos that are supposed to keep you calm. Well, apparently, and Wired decided to do a psychology behind it, people like slime because it makes them feel good. Again, I don't know why, but we're gonna find out from them why. So the first reason they have is it's visually congruent. So basically you can see it, even if you're not feeling it, you can feel it. And even if you're not physically touching it, you know what it feels like. You know it's goopy and it's slimy. So that's reason number one, visually congruent. And I think we could agree whether it's something we like, something we don't like. If you see an image, you will automatically know, feel, taste, smell, whatever, because it's something that you've 
It brings the memories. It brings the memories. It's a, it's a memory. You recall exactly. So, Bob, I so, put I put that up on the screen. So uh, for those, okay, cool. I have the. It's got it there. Yep. Um. So they. Yeah. So that was basically the first one. And for some reason, and again, even they don't know fully why, but it's it's oddly satisfying. That's the phrase they keep using. Oddly satisfying, which sounds weird, right? But um, but aside from the color, aside from the feel. Apparently, people like slime. Now, number two, and this one makes the most sense to me because I grew up with it, the childlike focus. What's something that you want to do when you're feeling kind of down? You want to do something that is fun. Right. Well, why not get dirty with your friends? That sounds wrong. I'm sorry. Why not get weird, messy, and play with slime? So that's the number two. The number two one here, and this actually was according to Google, according to them, was that the biggest DIY trend in 2017 was slime. So not even, what, four years ago, people were playing with slime, and they're still playing with slime. There you go. So that one makes the most sense, right? Because it's one of those things where even if, you know, it's one thing to grow up with it and remember it, but if you really were in it, literally – you would know. And literally when I say slime, or when I think slime, double dare, exactly. that's what comes to mind. Exactly. Because I remember people getting covered and, you know, and all that stuff. So what do we, I think so far that makes sense, right? Makes and sense. I think we have some other items of slime, right? So I just put up the, um, the seven pack butter slime kit, soft <laughs> and non-sticky. I apologize for the faces, but those words just should not go together with slime. Um, Now, the last thing on here they put is the cinematic city, I think I said that wrong, of the everyday. So think of a lint chocolate commercial. When the lint guy goes to pour the chocolate in, you see the chocolate pouring, and you just get, you're like, oh my God, that's delicious, right? You want a piece of lint chocolate. Well, because slime is so visually appealing, it gives you a sense of awe. How many times without thinking about it has a TV commercial, a movie, or a show introduced somebody touching slime? So it's got a cinematic viewpoint that I'm not sure a director would use regularly, but they might agree that visually it does the work. It either grosses you out or you go, right. whoa. So, Rob, I'm curious. What do you think? Do you think that our viewers that are watching right now, what if you, do you guys, do you play with slime? Did you ever play with slime back in the 90s? Or do you have kids that play with slime? I... Let us know. Uh, put it in the comments. And by the way, Rob, I just put up the 36-pack Galaxy Slime Ball Kits. Well, it's funny. I remember kind of an offshoot of it because we had the creepy crawlers and that was when you put the thing in the oven and it would come out and you would make little creatures right. out of out of goo. Right. That's what I remember using. And that was the closest slime I think I got. But even that was like, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much that first part there. Um, I know we were, we were you know, t- uh, trying to t- uh, talk to what, you know, Mark and see. So I don't know, from a parent standpoint, because I know you knew him personally, but also from Nickelodeon. Right. Is that something you think that somebody who works on the set there remembers mostly, or do you think it's kind of something you push out of your mind because you're like, "Ugh, I was covered with that for like." I think I, I like I personally would never want to have slime on me. I personally, however, clearly it was very popular then, and a lot of people showed up at you know to be guests on the show. Maybe they might even get slimed. And as a matter of fact, Mark went back out on tour. I don't know; it wasn't last year, but it was before for the 19, uh, 2020, 
he went back on and tour. They did a brand new. Oh, that's right. The reboot. Right? Yeah. A reboot. Um, he was the co-host. He had another host with him, a younger person that was with him. But I don't think slime's ever going to go away. You know, and I, I think it's fun for the kids. I just want you to know I put Elmer's uh, Celebration should be up there. El Elmer Celebration Slime Kit. So that's interesting because I know we're going to talk about the Muppets, right? And I think that kind of leads us into the Muppets because isn't, oh no, Elmer's is not Elmo. I just realized no. I mean Elmer's Elmo. So well, I was going to segue and stand up and kind of give people a show a view of this really quick. So just to give you guys a thing, um, really good fit. Really nice thing. You know me with my with my collar thing. You know, I would love to have a V-neck, but apparently, and I read this somewhere, seriously, V-necks cost more money to make. And I joke, well, I can make a V-neck by myself for free, but that's a bad joke. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but good segue anyway to the Muppets. So, yeah. So, if you aren't into slime or Nickelodeon, you probably were a fan of the Muppets. Um, obviously, probably even still, I know they recently had a show on Disney Plus, but it got taken off. They're trying to, they're trying to redo it. We'll talk about that in a second. But I thought I was going to give you guys a little breakdown. And um, if you guys haven't seen uh, CommonSenseMedia.com, it's great for parents. Before your kids watch a show, Common Sense Media actually breaks down um, the aspects of a certain TV show to make sure that it's okay. So I'm reading my stuff off there. They say that it's for ages seven and up. So, hey, we can watch them up. It's cool. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of bad stuff. There wasn't any drinking. There wasn't anything, you know, you know, sex, no violence. You know, there was, there was cartoon violence. You know, people would get blown up, whatever. But there was nothing ever bad about the Muppets. I think that's why I liked it a lot, because not only was it such a creative puppetry thing, but it was definitely a way for people at the time to be. Some of the big names, Steve Martin, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill actually made fun of Star Wars and did a whole entire space skit with them and basically spoofed Star Wars with the Muppets, which was great. Uh, Rita Moreno, um, a lot of the Monty Pythons actors were on there. And really what the point of this was, was nothing more than, and it's a Disney show, by the way, it's ABC, is basically a way for you to kind of have a Saturday Night Live, but with cartoon puppets or puppets right. for kids. And right. it was skits, you know, they would have songs, they would have dance. If the particular um, uh, guest was a singer, so like Barbara Streisand, she would she sang one of her songs because that's what she is, she's a musician. Right. If the particular person maybe was in martial arts, they would do a skit around martial arts. Right. So Muppets really took a point to make sure that their guest star used their specialty right. and pointed out. So, um, Rob, I put up the uh, season one through three of The Muppet Show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so mad because I had it. I think I lost it in the move somewhere. But if you can, if you can grab it, grab it. Because you're going to see people that you still watch today. Like I said, I think Martin Short was on it. We had, God, I can't even, there's so many celebrities. And they're all people that you've heard of. It's not right. just random, you know. Right. And of course, I might as well, you know. We're going to play sock puppets for a minute now. So I decided because I like clothing, we're going to, you know, God, these things are long, though. I have to like roll it They're up really my hand cute, so though. it doesn't stick. They're really cute. I just put up the item, the socks up on the screen. So, so yeah, so I think that's a five pack, right? We have the three pack here. But really all it is, it's the characters, you know, we can make little things. But so mine, we have Animal, one of my favorite, you know, he was the drummer in the band of the thing. <laughs> We have Gonzo, who apparently was an alien. We learned later on in a Muppet movie. Uh, and it goes with the color too, right? So Animal was red, Gonzo was blue. And then, of course, you know, the all-star himself. You can't have Muppets without Kermit the Frog. 
So, so are they soft? Are they soft? They're pretty comfy. I haven't put them on yet, but I can tell from the inside. They're very, um, you know, because I, I, I wear the high socks, but I roll them down because, you know, it, it feels kind of weird. But I, I like the, um, I don't know, yeah. this is what it looks like the inside. It's kind of funky because you can tell the, the seams, you know, come through. Right, right. But it is very soft in the middle. And definitely we're going to fight over them here because, you know, Krista wants a couple, <laughs> my wife. Um, you want one, I know. So we're all going to have a free for all over Muppet socks. Um, Sounds good. So yeah, just a few things I was going to go over there because I know, you know, puppetry has been a big thing. Nowadays, you know, franchises of, of horror like to make puppets not so happy anymore. So the funny is the funny question here is that there was a time, funny enough, people actually liked puppets and they weren't scary. They weren't trying to kill you. Um, but I think Muppets do. And actually, the Elmo thing kind of is proof in point. I think Sesame Street, of all of them, I believe is the longest running Muppet thing mm -hmm. franchise deal. And that too also had celebrities. You had Britney Spears, you had Justin Timberlake, you right. had um, LeVar Burton, which is funny because right. he also did Reading Rainbow on PBS with Sesame Street. Right. And I think that Muppets was a great way, and you don't realize, I mean, I didn't realize it until now, it's a great way to learn without actually knowing you're learning because you're just busy watching Muppets flying around the screen right, right. and having celebrities, you know. So definitely if you guys can grab the DVDs, grab the DVDs. Um, I think we have some of the movies too, right? Uh, Muppet Treasure Island. We have Treasure Island. I'm going to put that back up. Here we go. And I'm not sure if he's still alive. Is Tim Tim Curry still alive or not? Because I know he yeah. Okay, so. so he was Blackbeard in the movie, which was one of his funniest roles, because you know Tim Curry, he's like this really famous Broadway guy, and he's doing the Muppets. Right. So I love how they just throw these people in there, and it's always a big celebrity. Maybe it's because ABC has the ability to do so, because they have the connections, or maybe they just got lucky and they said, hey, right. we want to put you on the Muppets, you're going to be on the Muppets, and that's what it was. We also I would say, if you guys can, um, you know, find, and I think even through uh, Amazon Prime as well, you can find episodes of The Muppets. You can find The Muppet movies. So if you guys get a chance to go on Prime, watch a movie, you might forget how fun they actually were, to be honest with you, because I, I, I don't know about you. I love The Muppets. Were you a fan? Did you? I was. I was a fan, and I was especially a fan of the, they used to sit in that theater, I think, in the puppet. Yes, yes. Would sit up in the balcony, and they. Oh, the old guys. That were, yeah. Right, right. I loved that part. I just, it was great. So, yeah, so that's pretty much what I have there. Um, I don't know what other products we had for. I, did, I just put up the best of the Muppet Show Volume 8. That was with Diana Ross. Oh, okay, there you go. So. Who doesn't like Diana Ross, I guess. Yeah, I mean, really, if you go through the list of all the episodes, you will be, you'll laugh at who is on there and you'll go, wait a minute, they did this before they did other, you know, like. Yeah, and then you also, we also picked, because um, it's really cool, is a charm, and that is the sterling silver charm. Um, uh, that, yes, so if I'm anybody out there has like yep. a bracelet, the charm bracelet, this right. is one of those ones you can put on. I think it's Kermit sitting on the moon, because again, it's Kermit, who, I mean, come on. He's cute. He's he's a frog. He's a frog that can play the banjo. So, you know, um, and I think actually through that one, too, there's other little charms. But that was my favorite. My favorite was that little Kermit. Yeah, very, cool. very. Cute. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have for my side here. I don't know any. Um, no, no, I, I'm 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 a Muppet fan. I am. I'm a 90s fan, um, even though I wasn't born in the 90s. <laughs> But you oh, had me, I was in the 90s, so you know. Yeah, well, but you were born in the 80s, in case you didn't forget. So, um, but yes, and but by the time you hit the 90s, you could appreciate 
all of these things at that point, right? Right. And then as you get older and you kind of, you go back, you go, oh, this was really, you know, really good. Right. And of course we would be amiss if we didn't talk about the music because every decade you, you will agree because yep. you, you did music for what, 85% of your career, uh, whether it was the seventies, eighties, or in this case, the nineties, we have a lot of big names. So we're just going to go over five, but I think beforehand, uh, some of the CDs we put up, there's a, the big companies now that's what I call music and they do a whole series of CDs. Um, so I'm going to put one up right now, Rob, and that's now it's the 90s alternative rock. Yeah, so that was one of the ones we picked that had people like uh, Third Eye Blind, which is on the list here. Uh, it had, you know, Metallica, a lot of the, it had a lot of the alternative people that weren't, you You kind of, your parents didn't want you to listen to it because it was a little too hardcore. Right. But then as you get older, you're like, wait, they're not really that bad. You know, but, you now, know. What's fascinating about this though, this is vinyl. These, these are not even CDs. These are actually vinyl, like the old time vinyl with a record player. And I don't do I don't have a record player, but I know that they're making them again. Um, but how cool is this? It's almost like it's collectible. That's not a collectible. You can use it. Well, I'm curious, anybody who's on or anybody we know who would have one who would actually because I'm, I would I would totally if I had a record player, that would be something I want to do simply for the nostalgia of using it, not necessarily for any reason, but the fact that it's a vinyl record on a thing. So I'm going to pop in and I already actually mentioned the first band we're going to talk about here. And I picked out five songs that to me kind of signify large chunks of the 90s. Now, obviously, we have between 90 and 99. This definitely runs the gamut. So Third Eye Blind was one of my favorite bands. And the song that I picked was probably their hit was Semi Charm Life. Now, as I was going through my facts, I found some not so things we're going to say. So I'm going to go over the more happy, polite things, because apparently this was a song that I didn't realize what it was actually about. But that's for another day. Um, so right. this particular song, the lead singer said he feels that this song is about never being satisfied and always wanting more because a lot of the lines in the song talk about, you know, I want something else to get me through the semi-charm kind of life. Right. And he talks about going on and on. What's interesting about this particular song is the lead singer never actually felt the song was his, even though he wrote it, but rather he thought that people experiencing it together was more of a thing. He thought that this song was actually owned by the world and not personally owned by him, right. which I was going to ask you on that one too, because I know a lot of times when it comes to music, artists are very particular about their stuff. So the fact that this individual says, I kind of feel like this song was made for the masses, not for me. What do you think about that comment there? I think that um, musicians get caught up in a, in a place of, I'm going to do only songs that or music. I'm only going to create music that is that I like. It, it's my brand. It's my thing. But right. there are musicians that look then at the bigger picture in the 90s and probably said, well, I need to maybe attract a different fan that I didn't have before. I'm not sure. I mean, I think that I would totally stay true to my music um, if I if this was me. But, you know, there you go. I put up on the screen, by the way, Rob, 1990s, the songs of the 90s, the New Decade series. And it's a, it's actually a songbook. You can play them. It's a music book, which is way cool. Well, I was going to ask too, because I know we, you had the piano. I think you still have the piano. And I remember growing up when you, you would practice doing it. Did you ever have these type of songbooks that were oh, yeah. your, like, regularly your music stuff that you wouldn't play? Did you yeah. have a lot of... Well, you'd buy a songbook. You would buy a songbook that have... 
it would have songs that you like, but it invariably would have songs that you never heard of or you didn't like. But it's a collection, right, of the 90s. Right. And I don't know if I had a collection of the 90s books, but I certainly had musical theater books. That were that's what I was thinking, right? yeah, because I remember like through Temple, we would do the uh, the yeah. skits and all that stuff. Absolutely. And I figured I'd just throw these up again, and you know, they're so cute. Okay, I'm gonna, they, are, they are very soft, by the way. They are really are. The more I touch them, I think it's one of the things that when you're running through the wash once or twice, they're gonna keep getting softer as you as you wear, which I love. I like when a shirt and does that when you get softer as you go. Well, I want, um, I want, I want to wear a pair. I just, I'm just saying, you got to say. All right, that. fine. Um, so that was that one. Um, so we started off there. Next group up, you guys may or may not remember because he, they kind of, you know, what came and went. Blues Traveler was a very in-between group and really didn't make it big until they made it big. And what I mean by that is this is one of the few groups that really they had one or two big songs. And because of those, they were popular. Had they not gotten a popular song, we wouldn't be talking about them today. So the song that I picked is called Run Around. And I love this music video because they took the Wizard of Oz and changed it to an adult thing. So it was basically Dorothy and the rest of them trying to get into a club to go listen to Blues Traveler. And that was basically their adventure to try to get into the club to go hear them. Um, it turns out, though, that one of the guitarists, the front man, I forgot what his name was, had a thing for her, but she didn't have a thing for him. So he was caught in what's known as the friend zone. So a lot of people think that this song was written about him not really being able to get the girl that he wanted. And what's funny is that she later actually went into medicine and was quoted as saying, music's not my calling, medicine is. Okay. Go figure. Um, this was the band's first hit. And as I mentioned before, they only stuck around once this particular song actually hit traction. Now, keep in mind, they were up against people like Sheryl Crow that was already popular. They were up against people like, uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Right. They were up against other people that already had a bigger, big, not bigger. I mean, now they have a bigger following because it's right. past the 90s. So it's interesting to think how a song that I love or a song that you love that might be a one hit wonder really wasn't a big deal for these music critics. A lot of these critics, they, they pan a lot of these songs because it didn't set the standard for being popular. So they kind of pushed them, to, and it kind of like what you're saying, if you weren't in the, the right mindset, nobody really cared, right? They weren't, they weren't listening to you. But I do think it's funny how the piano book is still there because of, after all this time, the last thing I would think would be around would be a piano book of 90s songs. It's kind yeah. of interesting to me. I don't know. Yes, but I also think that um, it brings back memories. It brings back... It does. It, and again, that wasn't a negative comment on Amazon. I was just saying, like, that was one of the... I would never think certain to Amazon to find a piano book of 90s music, but you're right. It is a memory you thing. You can find um, everything on Amazon. Everything on Amazon. You can probably buy a house on Amazon if you want uh, to. Uh, so I put um, a 90s love songs are up there right now. So I put a 90s love songs up there. There you go. Now, this next one, I think you and I will appreciate from my bar mitzvah. Um, will Smith, we all know him and love him. Um, obviously, you know, and actually, um, Krista told me this yesterday, the reason why they named his character Will Smith in Fresh Prince was to make sure that if he did get big, they would still remember who he was. I didn't know that. I didn't realize they actually used his name in the show purposely to make sure people remembered Will you know, Smith. So the song we're going to go over, Getting Jiggy With It. So you remember that. I remember that. This was one of his bigger songs. Now, beforehand, he had actually won, I think, for Men in Black. So he won for that song as well. And of course, it's so hard to find one for him, right? Because 
actor. I think he uh, produces now, musician, uh, talk show. I mean, he, this guy has d- dipped his feet into everything. Um, but this was a song that I think, even if you weren't a fan, you were a fan because it was on the radio. And just a quick little thing, the word jiggy actually meant cool and trendy in kind of rap, hip hop slang. So, and it also has to do with the clothes. So if you remember the way he used to dress with the bright colors, that was jiggy, like brightly colored outfits, you know, MC Hammer did it, all that stuff. So I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I thought it was funny because I think Bar Mitzvah, but then I think about it and I go, do I really think of him more as a musician now? Or do I think more of, like, I don't know what to think of him as because he's so well, he's, widespread. He's been, yeah, he's been, an, I think of him as an actor at this point who ha- who happens to sing. Okay, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, that works well. All right. Um, uh, did you want to throw up something in between? I see Nick Carter. I'm putting him uh, yes, and now. another perfect name there too, because... You know him mainly, I think, Backstreet Boys. But then, as we know, just like Justin Timberlake went off from NSYNC, Nick Carter went off and did his own solo as well. So think about it, guys. I mean, the people who you know, like, if you're younger and you listen to Justin Timberlake, you may not know him from NSYNC, but I know him from both. You may know Nick Carter's solo, but I know him more from Backstreet, you know what I mean? So it is kind of funny to see. The next song on my list is the Goo Goo Dolls. Big, uh, Chris is a big fan. We were actually supposed to go see them, but then everything kind of went down. We couldn't go. And this song is Iris. So I don't know if any remembers the movie City of Angels with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. The song was actually influenced by the movie, funny enough. So Trent Resnick, the, the lead singer, didn't actually have an idea for a song until he got the plot. And he's like, I have an idea. So that kind of goes with what you were saying about how sometimes the musicians kind of like, they grasp the idea from what's happening. And on top of that, he actually wrote the song from the point of view of Nicolas Cage's character, because as you remember, he was an angel, he falls in love. And this song basically is saying, does he choose between human or stay an angel? So this actually is one of the few songs, and it goes with the love songs actually, because this is one of those songs that you don't realize the deep meaning of it. And they even say it's the invisible identity that no one understands. Now, how how mental health does that sound to you right there? It's literally a song about when you feel invisible, how do you get your identity when nobody else really knows the true you, right? Because he was hiding his angelic. So I just thought this was a great song. Trent Reznick, Goo Goo Dolls, they are iconic, I think. Um, Agreed. Somebody told me a funny story where they went somewhere and somebody was, was I guess, saying so many horrible things about them and they were sitting at the table next to them, didn't realize the guy was sitting there next to the table. He turns around, he just, he made it, he's a nice guy, but he made a comment of like, oh yeah, I heard those guys suck too. Not realizing he was the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, so wow. It was just one of those instances where like the guy never knew who he was, but it was just funny. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember them at all, me listening to them, but it was def- that's an alternative rock. That's a group that's that yeah. signifies you know absolutely now the last one here are did you want to throw something in the middle or nope. i don't know nope. okay so the last one here and this one is a very off the wall and people are going to look at me and go wtf oasis who had so many things wrong with them the brothers had they hated each other they were going at it all the time but they made a song that some people say was so popular it's hated now and that song is wonderwall you guys all remember Wonderwall. Everybody knows the words. Everybody sung it in high school. 
Um, Wonderwall became so popular that some critics, you don't remember, you don't remember this. Okay. So Wonderwall, go, go, go to Spotify, you know, Amazon music, go listen to it there. Um, Wonderwall was a song that became so big that it became too big for some critics that to this day, you know it, but you hate it because it became so big. Now, do you think that there are times where something gets big so fast that you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then it just, it becomes too much, but it's too late because it's everywhere. Do you ever, have you ever thought of something like that? Or do you? I think a lot of songs in this day and age, you know, they, they become hits and all you just hear it on replay over and over and over and over and over and over again. Eventually, you know, the moves on to another song. I don't, I don't think, I don't think any artist would be upset to have their song on replay ad nauseum over and over and over again because it just means that they're very popular that's what i think so okay there you go now the last thing i was going to say is that the lead singer says that this song and i kid you not he's quoted saying it's about the imaginary friend who's going to come and save you from yourself how deep is that right um but no this was a very eclectic group i wanted to try to find something for each genre so i got a little bit of you know hip-hop we got some love songs we got some alternative and Actually, interesting enough, I forgot to mention, Oasis is a UK band. This song, Wonderwall, actually got them into the US music scene. Oh, okay. So without this song, they would have been over in the UK. They would have never actually made it over here because they didn't really have many other hits at the time until this song came out. Right. So right. as you can tell, I am a made in 90s kid. I have the stuff. I got stuff on my shelves. You can tell I got stuff on my walls. Um, and now I have more stuff from Amazon, you know. It's cool stuff. Um, it's cool stuff. Let's go. Let's go through the um, the slime products just so that people can see what we okay. have. We have Elmer's Celebration, and I'm putting that up right now. That is Elmer's Celebration slime kit. We also have uh, the the big old bucket o slime, and that is Nickelodeon, and that's what you're holding up right now. The slime bucket. God, this thing doesn't want to come off. It's really, really amazing. It's like a big bucket o slime. I don't know, gross. Um, <laughs> and then we also have the seven pack butter slime kit, and it looks like cupcakes, which I think are so interesting. It looks like a package of cupcakes. I'd advise if you have small children, probably don't put those in the household. Right, they might try to eat them. Need them. Um, and then we have the 36 pack of Galaxy Slime Ball Kits. And then we finally have Elmer's uh, uh, Celebration. I think we did that already. Did we do that? I think we did that. Um, yeah, we did that. So we're going to move into just to show again all of the Muppet stuff. So I'm going to put up uh, the Muppet Show season one through three. So take a look at that. Um, always fun. It's even if you don't have kids, it's fun, right? Oh, hello. Um, get it if you have grandkids, get it or just turn it on at night and pour yourself a drink and have some fun with this because it is totally, totally cool. We also have the best of the Muppet shows. I'm putting that up there as well. Um, and that is um, also a recording that you can play and enjoy. I'm putting that up. Let's see. There we go. There we go. And then we have Muppet Treasure Island. And of course, we have the wonderful socks that we have up there again. All different fluorescent colors. They're beautiful. I well, they're so bright, but they're so soft. The I softness think, makes up for the brightness. I actually think people should get a pair and get a picture. Get a picture of you wearing them, either as puppets or on your feet. Um, and then the charm, which is absolutely beautiful. I love this charm. 
Uh, if you have a charm bracelet, perfect for that. If you have a necklace and a way to hook it onto your necklace, great uh, yes, yeah, for yeah, that yeah. as well, right? And then finally, we have um, Disney, the Muppets. That is a T-shirt that we have up here. And including the uh, made in the 90s, we don't have that up here. I do not know why, but we do have the mm -hmm. Disney, um, the Muppets, Dr. Teeth. So take a look at that one. That's featured right now. And we have all of the 90s music and vinyl. So we have now that's what I call the 90s. And that is alternative rock. And I believe that's where you had um, the Goo Goo Dolls, right? Yes, that would be. Yeah. That. And then we have songs of the 90s. It's a songbook. So if you play piano um, and you want to, uh, you know, have a, a little bit of a mini concert in your sh in your home, this is a great idea. You can pull these songs out. And I bet you have people grab, you know, uh, gather around your piano, they'll sing with you. So you can have a sing-along. I love that. Um, we have Now or Never, which is Nick Carter's um, album. Is that is it an album? We call them albums. I don't, maybe it's a CD. I'm not sure. CD? I'm not sure. And then we have also the 90s dance party hits because everybody needs to be dancing in the 90s. This is such a fun thing. You know, um, I, you know, I don't think we can put this up. The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland. I don't think we put that up at all. Oh, that was one of the other uh, Sesame Street movies. Because, you know, Elmo, probably the most iconic Sesame right. Street. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah, it, there's, there's so much. There's know. so much. We want to thank everyone for joining us. You know, we're having a lot of fun in here. I think maybe we should do a, a show on... Um, going retro, maybe back to, you know, my days in, in the 50s and the 60s, you know, when when you were not even a figment of my imagination. Uh, but that might be fun as well. Um, any last thoughts about the 90s? It was your time. You know, go on Amazon, uh, check out the list we have. But while you're there, check out some other 90s stuff. They have like, like she was saying, there's so much 90s gear. They got clothes. Uh, music, toys, all that stuff. Like I said, I got stuff all over the place here that I got from Amazon that's 90s. Um, but enjoy it. I mean, yeah, totally. it's, it's just fun to do. And I like having the, the, the CDs and DVDs because I know you can you can do the streaming, whatever. But I like having the thing from Amazon, the copy, because, you know, you get to keep it forever. And you can put it on your shelf and, you know, display. Okay. Um, but, yeah, just grab something fun and hopefully, you know, grab one of these. You know, if you like the cartoon Nickelodeon, you know, that's cool. I, th I think it's all good. We hope that you'll join us next week. We are going Marvel Mania. And we're going to be doing a whole show about Mr. Fantastic. Can't wait. Go out, give somebody an awesome day, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.